Praise the Lord. Welcome to Cross Time with Pastor Curtis. I'm Pastor Curtis Hutchinson here in the studio at Crossway Church in Queen City, Texas. Glad you found us whenever it is you found us. And I just praise God for the opportunity to be gathered around his words of life, light, and liberty with you, whoever you are. If you'll comment uh, in the comment section, we'll know who you are. We'll know that you're watching and we'll pray for you. And I know God's doing great, mighty things. If you're watching me online, I know you want to hear the truth of the gospel. You see, I don't have anything else to offer. I'm not going to get up and sing, not going to get up and play an instrument, not going to jump up and down. I'm going to offer you what the Lord is offering all of humanity, and that's the word of the truth of the gospel. And when you get a hold of that, you'll start learning you've got everything in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. We're in 2 Peter chapter 3. This is part 4 today, and uh, we've had a great time in the first and second Peter that you can find all of the different sessions on the YouTube channel, Curtis Hutchinson 316, and the website, thecrosswaychurch.com. And you can also listen to nothing but the audio on a Spreaker app. And our channel is for those who have ears to hear. Or you can simply type my name in. And uh, I want to wish all the Marines out there today happy birthday. This is the 248th birthday for the Marine Corps. I was a Marine back in the early 80s. And thankful to have served and to experience what I did in the military in the Marine Corps. Praise the Lord. So again... Happy 248th birthday to all the Marines, oorah, that are out there today and all who've served in the past. And praise the Lord for the opportunity. Grab your Bibles and let's get ready to dig in this morning. And again, don't forget that you can find everything we do here at Crossway Church on the YouTube channel, Curtis Hutchinson 316 and uh, the website, thecrosswaychurch.com. And at the website, you'll find a little store icon up there. You can click on that and see the commentaries that are available. And uh, one day soon, there will be more available if we can ever get around to formatting them and getting them printed. There are uh, lots of work to be done, but praise the Lord for the opportunity. Uh, also, we mail 10, that's 10 expositor study Bibles every week to inmates who are requesting those Bibles into the prison system. And it costs $40 for us to mail per Bible to them. And so I encourage you to pray about, ask the Lord if you could send, if he would have you send enough money to pay for one, two, three Bibles every month. And uh, the Lord will bless you for sowing his word, especially into the hands of those men and women who are asking for those Bibles, that specific Bible that explains the truth of Calvary from Genesis to Revelation. And I'm thankful for that Bible. I'm thankful for the opportunity to be sending that Bible. I'm thankful for all of you who help us in that project of the Lord. Hallelujah. So here we are, Second Peter. Again, we're in chapter 3. This is part 4, and we're going to see some amazing things today. Maybe you've never seen. Maybe you'll see it in a brighter way, but I know the Lord will 
when we walk away from these Bible studies, we, we don't just say, well, I had a Bible study this morning. No, we walk away with something called truth imparted into the inward parts that cause our feet to walk in the very light of the truth that we're hearing. And I'm thankful for that opportunity today, not to just be a church goer, not to just be uh, just a weekly attender, but to be experiencing in the heart the truth of my Savior. The proof is that my feet are walking in the truth. Hallelujah. Amen. Those people stand out. In a, in a backslidden church, those people stand out in this old dark world. People who are receiving the truth are walking in the truth. And there is where true Christianity takes place. It requires faith in the sacrifice of Christ to be able to receive any truths that are written. You do know that, right? You have to have your faith deliberately and consciously. You must be trusting in the death of Jesus, your union with him in that death, so that you can express the very life of your Savior. And that's where all the rewards, that's where all the fruit is. That's where all the benefits are. That's where true ministry is. That's where all the fruit of the Holy Spirit is. It does not exist outside of, of that what we just spoke of. You must have your heart yielded to Christ's sacrificial work on Calvary's cross. Then the word of God can enter into that yielded heart and be expressed through that believing heart. Hallelujah. So 2 Peter chapter 3 verse 14. We'll start right here and move on through this this morning. Verse 14, 2 Peter chapter 3, Wherefore, beloved, seeing that you look for such things, and he's talking about the new earth and the new heavens wherein dwells righteousness. That's what he's talking about. Is that what you're looking for? I'm, I'm not talking about, well, you'd be glad when it gets here. When it No, are you looking for that? Hallelujah. If you are, then you'll learn beautiful truths in the Word of God. See, those who are looking for the appearing of their Savior are going to be being taught the word of their Savior. Hallelujah. And if you are looking for the new heavens and the new earth that's coming, you're waiting intensely looking for it. You're waiting for that hope of righteousness. Hallelujah. By faith, Galatians 5 tells us that you and I, the children of God, are still, even though robed in his righteousness, even though he's put our feet in his path of righteousness and leads us there alone, even though he's made us righteous in Christ, he's made us servants of righteousness, we're still waiting for that new earth and that new heavens where the sun of righteousness, Jesus Christ, hallelujah, is shining. And the rain of his righteousness is watering the land of that new earth. Glory be to God. Those scriptures are found in Hosea chapter 10 verse 12. Malachi chapter 4 verse 2 reveal to us that Jesus is the rain of righteousness 
R-A-I-N, and he is the son, S-U-N, the light of our righteousness. Glory be to God. Read those scriptures and you, you'll find out what the light is that you're walking in, that your Lord is in, in 1 John 1, 7 through 9. If we walk in the light as he is in the light, you read, you read Malachi 4 and 2 and you'll see that he is the light. He is the son of our righteousness. Glory be to God. Watch now. Where Therefore, beloved, seeing that you look for such things, be diligent. That means we don't take breaks. We're diligent. We don't go to church on Sunday and Wednesday and every other time. <coughs> We're just not very mindful of spiritual. No, no, no. We're looking diligently. So we need to change our vocabulary. <coughs> I'm sorry. When someone walks up and says, what do you do? And say, well, I'm looking for that new heaven and that new earth. Glory be to God. What are y'all up to today? Well, we're still looking for that new heaven and that new earth. That's a conversation starter or, an, or a conversation ender. Nevertheless, whichever way it goes, that's what we need to be saying when we're asked what we're doing. What are y'all up to today? Well, we're looking for that new earth and that new heavens wherein dwells righteousness. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. So it, it, seeing that you look for such things, be diligent that you may be found of him. Not putting on a show for men, although the fruit will be there for men to see, but we want to be found now, right now, by him in peace, without spot and blameless. You see, when we're walking with our faith in the sacrifice of Christ, now I'm not talking about saying that's what we believe. <clears throat> we need to understand that right now. I'm not talking about when we're asked what we believe we tell folk. I'm not even talking about just telling folk what we believe without being asked. I'm talking about from our hearts, we are yielded to that which we are yielded in our hearts moment by moment to that which has, which has cleansed us from all sin and all unrighteousness. Hallelujah. That's what our faith must be in, not was in, now faith is. Hallelujah. Hebrews chapter 11, now faith is. And 2 Corinthians 4, 11, the Holy Spirit delivers us who are alive always unto death. Why always unto death? Because only through faith in the death of Christ can we have grace. It's the only place our faith works. It's the only place we can express Christ. I'm not expressing him just simply by going to church or any other thing. I can express him when my heart is yielded to the avenue through which he is yielded through me, which is the cross of Christ. No other way. Just being nice, lost people can be nice. Lost people go to church. Lost people read their Bibles. Lost people even share scripture sometimes. Of course, they don't know what they're talking about, but they do it. So think about those things. Watch now. Be diligent that you may be found of him. You know, God's the Bible says that the eyes of the Lord 
go to and fro throughout the whole earth. Let's read that scripture this morning, 2 Chronicles chapter 16, verse 9. I hope you're taking notes. This is a, a Bible study. This is your college, high school, whatever you want. This is your Bible study, hallelujah. 2 Chronicles chapter 16, verse 9 says, For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth, the whole earth, to show himself strong in, not on, in the behalf of them whose heart is perfect toward him. Think about that. Now, I won't read the last line in that verse because then I'd have to start teaching the context of that scripture back in 2 Chronicles 16, 9, and I won't get into it because that'd take us down a, a rabbit trail with, with no end. But I, I wanted to just point, you can go back and read the, the, the context of that story. I want to make sure we understand that the eyes of the Lord hadn't stopped going throughout the whole earth looking for who he may show himself, him, he may show himself strong in the behalf of them whose heart, see, that's where he's going to show it, in the heart, not up on somebody. He's going to show his strength in the behalf of them whose heart is perfect toward him. And a heart that's perfect toward the Lord is seeking him through that perfect work of Christ on Calvary's cross. God doesn't see anything anywhere perfect outside of his perfect sons, perfect humility, perfect obedience, perfect trust, his perfect soul being poured out unto death on Calvary's cross, that perfect blood being shed. He doesn't see perfection anywhere else, nowhere else. So he's looking for that perfect heart. That means, yes, it does. It means that heart that's been You've been born again. <coughs> You've been given a new heart. But that doesn't mean that you automatically just trust in the Lord. You know that's what I just said is true because moment by moment, we are not trusting in the Lord. Every moment, we are not diligently seeking, diligently found of him in peace. Amen. Amen. You know it's true. Now we're striving. No, most Christians are not even striving for the faith of the gospel. So no matter what else they're striving for, it's not going to work out for them because it takes faith, the, the faith of the gospel to find this place in experience. Let me make sure you understand that. I'm not talking about your born again experience and your justified position you have in Christ in heavenly places. I'm talking about the scriptures here that Peter wrote about. It's talking about you and me being found today in this moment and every moment in our lives on this journey to the finish line to be being found of our God. Hallelujah. In him, in his peace, without spot and blameless. So most Christians say, well, we're already without spot and blameless. Yes, you are in your justified, perfect condition in Christ in heavenly places. They're seated with him, the Bible says. But the book of Revelation plainly reveals, chapter 3, I believe in Revelation, talks about there's some among you who've not stained their garments. 
So we can, as Christians, not be found by God in experience in peace, the peace that we have with him in our condition, in our experience. And that's why we have the writings of the word of God. Because if we, listen, if everything just worked out automatic, we'd all be tiptoeing through the tulips of holiness, would never be no problems, would never be anything but righteousness and holiness, hallelujah. But you know that's not the way it is in your own life, much less when you get together with people and the larger the crowd, the more flaw you see because the more people there are. But even when we're all alone, there's enough flaws to see in and of ourselves. Can I get a witness? Amen. And uh, so watch this now and look at verse 15. That's going to start getting real interesting today. Real interesting. We're going to see some things. And I, I've, I've recently in my studying this seen some things in, 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 in a different light that I've never, ever seen before. And I just hope the Lord can bring it through me to you so that we can all uh, if maybe just be stirred again in the great truths that we see here this morning. And Peter writes this in verse 15, an account, that means consider that the long-suffering of our Lord is salvation. Now, why is he saying this? Because he's talking about in this particular portion of Scripture how there's scoffers. Remember this last letter Peter has written is about false teachers. It's about scoffers. It's about you staying focused, my friend, on that new heaven, that new earth that's coming by remembering what Jesus did at the cross to pay for it <coughs> not being carried away through the lust of our own flesh and going after these false teachers who are amidst the church, whether they themselves are teaching false things or they allow other ministers to come in to teach false things. They're both equal. They're both equal. If they have the authority to control the pulpit and they allow others to come in and bring confusion that always results in contradiction, they're going to answer for that as if it were themselves teaching falsely. Amen. Just as I will answer if I allow others to come in that point us away from the cross to other things, the focus of other things. So you need to remember that. That's what this letter of Peter, this last letter, second and last letter of Peter is about. Warning against false teachers and scoffers. Stay on track. There is a new heaven. There is a new earth coming, my friend. Keep looking for it diligently being found of your God in peace without spot and blameless before him. Living the Christian life. Hallelujah. Not just thinking I'm okay, hoping I'm okay, doing a few churchy things a lot. No, no. Being diligently, moment by moment, found of my God. Hallelujah. Striving for the faith of the gospel so in my experience I can be experiencing everything that I have and that I am in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Everything we're looking for is in Christ Jesus. That means through our faith in what he did at Calvary. So watch this now. 
and account, consider that the long suffering of our Lord is salvation. Don't quit. Don't quit waiting on God. Don't quit diligently looking for what he's promised. It is coming, my friend, and you are closer now than you've ever been. The slackers and the scoffers, they'll quit. They'll start living according to the lust of their flesh. They may not say it with their lips. Well, where is this promise of your Savior's coming? We don't, they're not going to say that, most of them with their lips, but we say it with our lifestyles. Somebody needs to hear this today. We say it with our lifestyles because we're not going to be living according to the lust of our flesh and given to every lust of the flesh that comes along instead of diligently seeking our Lord and for the truth he's promised us. And for what he's promised us, that's coming. We're going to be diligently found of him in peace without spot or blemish. Glory be to God. It means we're walking with our Savior in the light that he's in. Our fellowship is with one with another, him and I, and I'm being cleansed from all, all of what? Everything that the light is shining on. Uh, if we walk in the light as he is in the light, then we have fellowship one with another and the blood cleanses us from all unrighteousness, all sin. We're still being cleansed from all unrighteousness and sin on our daily journey. We're not getting saved over and over and over, saved and lost, saved and lost, saved and lost, on my way to heaven today, on my way to hell tomorrow. You better run with all your might away from them men who say that kind of garbage. That is not the wisdom of God. It is not the truth of God. It is not the, the security that we have in Christ. It is conditional, but it's not based on you're doing or you're not doing. It's based on your believing in Christ and him crucified or you not believing in Christ and him crucified. And let me add this, no Christian is every moment of their lives trusting in Christ and him crucified. If we did, then we wouldn't do some of the things that we do. And you might say, well, I always believe that Jesus died on the cross for me and I still do dumb stuff. I get that. That's the reality. But you know what? I believe that Jesus died on the cross for me too. I'm never going to throw that away. But sometimes my flesh wants to do something and I just go on after it anyway instead of believing now, faithy. Oh, I'm not throwing Jesus away, but I'm just not going to trust him right now because I want that. Everybody knows what I'm talking about. We're not throwing Jesus out. We're not throwing him away. Somehow, some says, yeah, I don't believe the cross is the answer anymore. Some believe, some say, I believe, well, this is the answer for uh, the cleansing of sin. This is the answer for deliverance of sin. And when you do that, my friend, you're on, you're on shaky and dangerous ground. None of us trust in Jesus every moment, although we would not throw him out and we believe in him all the time. You can be living in sin and say that you believe Jesus died on the cross for your sin, but if you don't understand the way of application, 
If you don't understand the way of application, then your, your, your whole life is going to be saying that you believe Jesus died for you for the forgiveness of your sins, but you're never going to experience the power to be delivered from the bondages of that sin nature causing those sins if you don't press in and learn about your union with him, that you also died with him, that he put you away. He justified you and cleansed and cleanses you by that blood, but it's him pouring out his soul unto death that put you away, that put you away, got rid of you. You did not get rehabilitated at Calvary. You got destroyed. You got removed. You got crucified. I am crucified with Christ. That old man is died with Christ. Put away, hallelujah, glory be to God. Unless you begin to hear that, learn that, believe that, and trust in that reality, how could you ever reckon yourself to be dead indeed under the sin nature if you don't know that the reckoning is there for you to experience Romans 6, 11. You, you can escape that old bitter tongue, that foul tongue. You can escape that bondage and that power, those chains there that hold you in the same activities of your father and your grandfather. That no, it's not some generational curse, my friend. It's the sin nature. It's the sin nature. It's the law of sin that's working in you. And if you don't understand, begin to learn about the law of the spirit of life in Christ, Christ Jesus, you'll never understand the way out of its dominion, even though you're saved and on your way to heaven. See, there's a lot of things you need to know that you might not know. And after you do know, then you've got to fight the good fight of faith to keep on knowing, to keep on experiencing. Hallelujah. My goodness, that's a good lesson right there. Hallelujah. But watch this now. And instead of going after the, and following the scoffers, instead of giving up on Jesus coming back for you, you, you need to know this, saints. Today would be a great day for him to come. Today he could come. Today could be that day he comes and takes his bride home. I want you to know that. And if you're living by grace, if you're living in the grace that's in Christ Jesus, 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1, then you're going to find yourself looking for his appearing, Titus chapter 2, verses 12 through 13. Hallelujah. An account, consider that the long-suffering of our Lord is salvation. His patience, that's what long-suffering is. His forbearing, his putting up with me another day, another week, another month, another year. It's been 2,000 right at it years since Christ died. It took 4,000 years to get him here. And I understand that 1,000 years with men is but one day to God. But all this in all these days, weeks, months, years, years, decades, millennia, God is long-suffering. He's waiting. He's patiently waiting to save all those who will be saved. The long-suffering of our Lord is salvation. He waited for you, glory be to God, to get here to save you. So therefore we know the long suffering, the patience of our God is salvation. It, watch now, here it comes. Get ready today. 
even as our beloved brother Paul, also according to the wisdom given unto him, has written unto you. Now watch very carefully this today. Verse 16, as also in all his epistles, speaking in them of these things, in which are some things hard to be understood, which they that are unlearned, and that means untaught and unstable, rest, W-R-E-S-T written here, it means to twist, it really means to pervert, as they do also the other scriptures unto their own destruction. Now, there's a lot we're going to talk about right here this morning. I hope you get your pencil and your paper. Jot down a few things. Let the Lord put it in your heart. Look at it when we're done here today for a more in-depth Bible study of your own. But first of all, in verse 15, Peter says that his beloved brother Paul has also, according to the wisdom that God has given him, written unto you. And he's talking about the salvation, the long-suffering of the Lord being salvation. Let's read that verse 15 again, make sure we understand what, what we're seeing here, understand what the Lord's trying to show us today. Don't ever speed through the Scriptures. Let the Lord impart truth into your heart and show you something very encouraging today. Verse 15, and consider that the long suffering of our Lord is salvation. That statement, the long suffering of our Lord is salvation, even as our beloved brother Paul also, according to the wisdom given unto him, has written unto you about the long suffering of our Lord that is salvation, God's patience, God's waiting, God's forbearing, God's putting up with sinful men. All these years, Paul has written unto us concerning this too. And, and, and Peter says here, in verse 16 in all his epistles as also in all his epistles speaking of in them of these things these things in which are some things hard to be understood so the first thing I want to do today and I hope you'd have you a good Bible app on your smart device so that you could follow along and do this with me if you don't have a smart uh, uh, phone or smart device, smartphone, iPad, whatever it is you're using, well, you need to get you one if you can. And, and, and you can do what we're about to do together in our Bible study, in our class. This is our classroom. I know it's online. doesn't matter. It's still classroom. So I want you to understand that you can get you a good Bible app and and if you don't have one and, and you want one, then put a comment in the notes and I'll let you know which one I use. I only really use mainly one and it gives me all the information I need. So and I'll and I'll share that with you as I have many, many, many other people. And so watch this now. If we're gonna take the word long suffering in verse 15, and I'm gonna touch it, and it gives me an opportunity to bring up the Strong's. 
which is where we go to get the Strong's number that gives us the, the word that it was derived from, where it came from, the Greek word. It tells you if it's a noun or a verb and all that stuff, and it gives you, a, not doesn't change the word, doesn't change the definition, but it gives you a more intense definition to broaden the way that you see what's written here. So, uh, this this word long suffering it means forbearance it means patience it means fortitude but here's what I want to do with it today also in this particular Bible study app you can go down here and it shows you that this word long suffering is used twelve times as that word in the Bible it's used two times. The same, the same Greek word, but it's used twice as the word patience. You go look it up, you're going to see the definition is exactly the same. The same Greek word is used. It's just written in the Bible, patience twice, long-suffering 12 times. But what we're going to do now is I'm going to touch, uh, and we're going to go through these where this word is used in Paul's Writings. I'm just going to give it to you. So if you've got, if you, if you're not doing this with me in a Bible app of your own, then get your pencil and your paper and write these things down. You'll be just as blessed later when you look at these things. So it, the, and we're doing this because Peter says Paul spoke of this long suffering of the Lord that is our salvation in all his epistles. So we're going to go through those real quickly. It's not going to be time consuming. Real quickly, real quickly, I'm just going to give you Bible, uh, a book, chapter, and, and verse number so that, that Paul wrote so you can go and look at these things yourself. It's a wonderful picture how Peter acknowledged Paul and his writings as the wisdom given him of God and equated them with Scripture. That's beautiful. And another thing that amazes me before we do this is how Peter talked about all of Paul's epistles while they were still alive, while they were still... Sometimes I think that we think that the, the, the epistles of Paul didn't start being circulated till after he was dead and then somebody found them. And they, no, these were letters to churches. These were letters to individuals who were, were related who were in churches, and so they were already being distributed. They were already being read. Peter says he's read them. Peter says he's read them. That means uh, that who, who that th those that Paul wrote to, others were reading. So you need to understand. That'll help you to understand some things, I believe, as you study the New Testament writings. So watch this. Romans chapter 2, verse 4 Long-suffering is mentioned by Paul. So it's twice he spoke of long-suffering to the church in Rome when he wrote to Rome. Uh, again, Romans 2 and 4, Romans 9 and 22. Then Paul writes to the church of Corinth, and I'm not going to get into the order in which the letters were written and all that. I'm just telling you that one time when he wrote to the church of Corinth, the two letters that he wrote, possibly three, that the word long-suffering is used once in one of those letters, 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 6. He wrote to the church in Galatia. The word long-suffering is found in that letter in chapter 5, verse 22. 
He wrote to the church in Ephesus, and in chapter 4, verse 2, you find that word long-suffering. In Colossians, the church in Colossae, he wrote, and twice the word long-suffering is used. And it's Colossians 1 and 11 and Colossians 3 and 12. Then he writes to Timothy and uses the word long-suffering in 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 16. Then twice in his second letter to Timothy, he uses this word, and it's 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 10, 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 2. And then, again, uh, that, that, was, that, was, that was it. So I don't know if Peter meant all the, all the epistles that Peter had written up to that time, by saying all his epistles or if he spoke, if he meant all his epistles because Paul <coughs> wrote uh, several epistles and, 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 and we, I didn't find them. So probably he just meant he, he had written in uh, by all his epistles, those he'd written up to that time that he had opportunity to read. But one of the important things is, is that Peter equated Paul his writings with scripture and he related Paul's writings with, with the wisdom that he received of the Lord. Now, this is an amazing thing for P Peter to be able to speak this way of Paul who had rebuked him face to face in a crowd of people bringing the correction of the Lord unto him. Uh, you know it had to be embarrassing and humiliating, but you know Peter must have received it. And well, we know he did. And, and, and for them to stay in fellowship in contact and for Peter to be saying the things he says now. It's, it most, it's for the most part unheard of in the church today. Very little correction can come forth and people stay in fellowship. People can't even stay in fellowship when, when the correction's not coming to them. They can't stay in fellowship when the correction's going out to other people by their pastor. And so that's a very sad thing. We've experienced that recently. We've experienced it through the years. And they say, they, these people say, it's not that it, they mind correction, but it is because they do none. They do none. They don't participate in any kind of uh, correction at all. But they say it's not the correction that they mind. It's how they do it. It's how you're doing it. Well, that makes you a judge. That, that makes these people judge the hearts of men and that, they, that they're not entitled to do that. So there's always something else deeper going on. And I always know what it is. It's that they just don't really want to submit to the preaching of the cross at all times in all things because if they did, they'd still be hung, more hungry for the truth of the word of the truth of the gospel than they are more interested in any other thing. Hallelujah. So that, those were, that, this is a powerful study today. That, and, and I want to talk about this for a minute, that Paul's writings were already being distributed. That means people were having people in the church of Jerusalem were having to read things that Paul was writing about them. Did you hear me this morning? 
Did you hear me this morning? The letter of 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 of, of uh, uh, to the church in Rome, the book, the let we call it the book of Romans, but it's the letter of Romans written to the church in Rome. It, Peter said he's read it, and people are twisting some of the things Paul has said in his epistles are 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 being twisted uh, by unlearned, untaught men who are twisting that as they do the other scriptures. So I want to make this point. I want you to make sure you understand this. All this stuff going around about love and, you know, all this stuff, uh, just the focus on love. The focus is never love, my friend. It's the cross where the love comes from. It's always the focus is the lamb, Christ Jesus, the way he did at Calvary, so the love can be an experience. And it, it's not just words. It's not just Facebook posts. It's experienced, hallelujah, where you can treat people right no matter how they've treat, how you think they've treated you. Hallelujah. I'm talking to myself and everybody else too. So uh, we need to be careful what we call the focus. Glory be to God. And we also need to understand that Paul, I, I, I'm not going to move away from this real fast today because Paul wrote in these letters that some people today, if they read them and they had lived in that day, they would think, well, he, that's, that's about me. He, he, that's about me. He's writing that about me. That, that, he's talking about me. I know good and well he's talking about me. Don't you think so? Don't you think so? Absolutely. Peter read them. Other people read them. The people he wrote to read them. The, the church in, Jer in Jerusalem had to be reading them. The letters that Paul wrote, you don't think they had to be finding them and reading them? Absolutely. And they had to be seeing what he said about the law, about those who had a zeal for the law, but not the knowledge of God and his righteousness. Because they in Jerusalem, the Bible says, many of them still had a great zeal for the law. And they, they, and they weren't really, they, they didn't, listen, some of them wasn't even accepting Gentiles. And listen, we, listen we're not going to excuse some period in there. We understand the stiffness and the hardness it must have been all those years that God didn't have another nation but Israel. And no other nation had the word of God. No other nation had the word of God but Israel. They alone were God's people. And all of a sudden, the veil of the temples tore in half. And God says, everybody, whosoever will come unto me now. That Gentile, a whole world has an offer to come to God through his son, the Lord Jesus Christ, without the law. That Jesus became the end of the law for righteousness sake. Hallelujah. And these people were reading these letters. And I'm telling you right now, folks, people were reading some of the things Paul was writing and they knew he was writing about them. Some accepted the truth like Peter did. Remember, Peter, I'll mention it again, he was rebuked by Paul face to face. He accepted it. I'm sure there were many who read these letters and, and said, well, he's talking about us. And they probably did not accept what Paul was writing as scripture from God. 
I want to say that again. There were probably many in that day who did not receive what Paul was writing as the wisdom and the scriptures of God. And that's one of the reasons the Lord used Peter to say what he's saying here. Relating them with scripture. Relating them as the word of God, the wisdom given to him by God. And this long suffering of God being salvation because he's waiting patiently to save all human beings. Now, Jesus said most, and that's what Jesus said, most are not going to be saved. There's going to be few that find this way of life. There are many that even talk about Jesus who won't find the way of life in Jesus. They won't find it. They won't submit to it. They won't give themselves to it. They won't, they won't come to this truth and have a love of the truth. They won't do it. Now, they, they don't mind saying Jesus. They don't mind talking about Jesus because they believe there is a hell and they don't want to go. They want to go to a place of eternal perfection. Of course, who wouldn't in their right minds? Amen. So think about these things today. Let's read this verse 16 again because he's talking about Paul and what he wrote with the wisdom given to him of God concerning the long-suffering of God being our salvation, meaning in the context of this letter, don't give up, don't throw in the towel. God sent his son once, he's coming back for you again. Don't quit. Don't, don't go off and start living after the lust of your own flesh because if you do, you're going to be a part of the golden calf builders and not those who are just waiting with Noah and the other ark builders. They're not getting called up out there no matter all the voices and all the, 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 the voices that come to, to cause us to put our hammers down, the nails down, and say, well, you know, he's coming, so... We don't know when, so let's just go ahead and... That's not what the Bible says to do. The Bible doesn't say, start saying, well, God don't care if we have fun till he comes. No, the Bible says be diligent. Be diligently looking for his appearing. Be diligent to be found of him in peace without spot or wrinkle. That means you're living moment by moment. You're striving for the faith of the gospel. You're walking with your Lord in fellowship where that blood cleanses you every day. I'm not talking about living in sin intentionally. I'm talking about living in union with him through faith in his death and you're dying with him and and realizing that you need the truth and allowing him to impart truth and when you fail to keep it, he's cleansing you. When you allow your flesh to run off and lust after something, he's cleansing you. But We're not talking about here living in blatant sin and at the end of the day, God forgive me, I know it ain't right and then just like a puppet every night and even though 
we may mean that when we lay down at night. That's not God's intention. You can be free from the dominion of sin in your life if you'll learn about grace and what it means to be under grace now and not under law. But you're going to have to learn of Christ. Peter says that in this last verse of this chapter. Let's go ahead and read it, although we'll come back uh, 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 next Monday morning and finish this chapter. But let's read the last verse right now. But grow in grace and in the knowledge of not some denominational rules, not some preacher's rules, Grow in grace. No, it's in. That little two-letter word, my Lord, we need to be learning about that little two-letter word, in. Remember what Paul told Timothy, be strong in the grace that's in Christ Jesus. Mm. Mm -hmm. Here, Peter said in verse 14, be diligent that you may be found of him in peace. Mm. Think about that word. It's more important than we know. In something means you're experiencing it, and there is fruit for others to see. Amen. That's why you can be in Christ, but not walking in Christ. Colossians 2, 6. As you have therefore received the Lord Jesus Christ, so walk ye in him. Walk ye in him. You're in Christ, but you've got to learn to walk in him. You've got all spiritual blessings there awaiting your participation and experience in Christ Jesus, but you've got to experience what it means to be in peace, in grace. Watch verse 18 again, 2 Peter chapter 3, the last verse of this chapter, but grow, where? In grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. But it doesn't say it that way. It says, and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. This means in the experience of. You're already in Christ, child of God. And in Christ is all spiritual blessings. All the promises of God are yes and amen in him. And you're in him. But you have to admit, you don't always experience the promises of God. You don't always experience the peace that you should be experiencing. You don't always experience growth in grace, or you're not always growing in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, unless you are learning how that N-word, I-N, in the N word, two letter word, how that brings you in to its experience. It's only one way. It's not by going to church or your prayers or your Bible study or your giving. No, it's by your heart yielded to the very truth, the very object that allowed you to be immersed into Christ where everything is. And when that is where your faith is for the child of God already saved, that means now you are trusting in his death that included you. Ooh, his death included you 
and you died in him, and while your faith is in his death, you're experiencing, not, I'm not talking about this thing that we all say, well, of course I believe in the cross of Christ. I'm not talking about that overhead statement. I'm talking about we're yielded to that. Serving obedience under righteousness, Romans 6, 16. We're trusting in his death. We're seeing that we died with him and that as we not are dying, not are going to die, we are dead. We have died with him. And if that's where our faith is, then we can be found in the growing in grace, in peace. It takes your deliberate and conscious faith in the death of Jesus, my friend, to be experiencing everything that's in Christ. You're, you, the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 13, 4, we are weak in him. I hope, you, I hope you're listening to me today. I hope you're hearing the Holy Spirit through me today. The Bible says we are weak in Christ. So what do I need? I need all the things that are in Christ in the very place where I am in Christ. I'm in Christ. I'm weak in Christ. Amen. That's what the Bible says, 2 Corinthians 13, 4. But Paul tells Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1, Timothy, be strong. He doesn't say in Christ Jesus. He says, Timothy, be strong in, in there's that in word, little two-letter word, I-N. Be strong in the grace that's in Christ Jesus. And Peter here in verse 14 again, can't get away from it. Be diligent that you may be found of him in peace. This, this, this in experience. You may be in Christ, my friend. If you're saved, you are. But you're weak in him. That's what the Bible says. And the reason we're weak in Christ is because in that same verse there in 2 Corinthians 13, 4, the Bible says first in that verse that he was crucified through weakness. Our faith in his sacrifice brings us, brings us into that weakness where he died, we died, and the Bible says, yet he lives unto the power of God. And when that's where our faith is, it can't be in what I'm doing. And it can't be anywhere else. When my faith is in what he did through weakness, I'm brought into that weakness and have been crucified with him. And because he lives now by the power of God, I can now live with him by the power of God also and experience in all these other things the life of my Savior because that's what God wants to express. God wants to express the life of his Son in and through our lives. So watch this now. I can't quit, I can't quit verse 18, but grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, to him be glory both now. Now. Somebody say now. Now. To him 
the glory both now, <clears throat> moment by moment and forever, hallelujah, to him. Not look at me and look at what I can do now. Oh, no, no, no. See, that's what a lot of what's called Christianity is. Look at us and what we can do now. No, 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 no. It's never look at us and what we're doing. It's always look at him. To glory be unto him. Praise be to the lamb. Glory to the lamb. Worthy is the lamb. All glory to him. Ephesians says that in the ages to come, he's going to show the glory of his grace through us. It's always him on display, my friend. It ain't ever us. And that's where we've made a fatal mistake in the church today. We've focused on what, what certain men claim they can do which they really can't. If the focus is on them, it ain't the Lord doing it anyway. When the focus, when it's the Lord, the focus is the Lord. Mm. When it's the Lord, the focus will be the Lord. Hallelujah. And when men make mistakes and try to say, wow, come to our meetings and see what this guy can do. Now, if they're of God, they're going to be like Peter and John and said, oh, wait a minute, fellas. Why are y'all looking at us like we did this? Oh, wait a minute. Everybody, I need everybody's attention. Oh, wait a minute. Why are y'all looking at us as if we did this? See, but you see, there ain't much of that in the church. The Lord uses somebody and he heals the sick through somebody. They, they start a big ministry and people flock to that guy. They flock to that guy. And see, God, and when he heals through people, tomorrow he may not heal through those people. You see, the gifts of the Holy Spirit only function according to the will of the Holy Spirit, who is God. Did not God use Paul to work miracles through at times? Yes, he did. But did not Paul have to leave a man sick in Miletus when it was time for Paul to go on? Today's church would have laid hands on that sick man in Miletus, and when he didn't get healed, they'd have wrote a book on you know how to keep your healing, how to be healed, because obviously you wouldn't receive it. No, 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 my friend. No, my friend. Holy Spirit decides when he's going to do what he does, where he's going to do, how he's going to do, why he's going to do what he does. We need to be careful of all these things. We need to be careful because the church is full of all this focus of men instead of focus of the lamb. It needs to smell like lamb up in the church today. And one way that you know it is, folks who don't want to be focused on the lamb, they're not going to stick around. They're not going to stick around. They'll say they do, but they're not going to stick around where it's all about the lamb. We say for you, well, it's all about Jesus, but we find a place where it's all about Jesus, we're going to find out just how much we are all about Jesus. And sometimes we learn, oh, I wasn't quiet. You know, I don't guess I was quiet all about Jesus as I thought I was, as much of all of my time as I thought I was. It's a learning and growing experience, but not outside of the grace. Let me say it again. Not outside of the grace, nor outside of the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. I hope you've been encouraged today. 
As I said earlier, we'll come back Monday morning and we will finish this chapter, these last two or three verses. There's more to be looked at here. The Lord wants us to be encouraged, edified, strengthened. He wants to impart a, a brighter light of the truth. He wants to impart more of this truth into our hearts. And I pray that you'd be open to what he's doing, open to the truths of God's word. It's been a great, a great session today. I appreciate all you soldiers of the cross. I see every one of you there in the comments. I don't know who watches unless they comment. Outside of that, I have no idea. So I praise you. Uh, I don't pray. I, I pray. I praise the Lord rather for all of you soldiers of the cross who are standing in this final few seconds of this age to get this great truth of the gospel out without waver, without flaw, without mixture. And I pray that God would help us do that more so in the days ahead. Hallelujah. If the Lord stirs your heart to be a part of this ministry financially, you can do that. And it's between you and him at thecrosswaychurch.com. Just click on the donate button or you can simply text the word give to the number 903 231 5950. I pray the Lord's touch, literally, that he would lay his literal hands on you today and touch whatever the issues are in your body, your soul, and your spirit and bring you forward more so into his good, acceptable, and perfect will in Jesus' name. God bless you. I love you. Thank you for your help and your support. I'll see you next time right here on Cross Time with Pastor Curtis. Until then, stay determined to know absolutely nothing but Christ and him crucified. We'll see you then.